So breaking curses is the title of this discipleship today. And, you know, some people continually fail dragging around their defeat year after year. And that defeat is attached to the enemy because he's defeated. He is totally defeated. And only our faith conquers him. If our faith is weak, fear gets in. We have to keep our faith up high. Faith has to be strong. You have to constantly listen to that word, constantly hear the word, constantly meditate. This is a whole new life, and it's an ongoing renewal process. And as soon as you get out of the word for a little while, the enemy gains ground. I'm telling you, that's how it works. You've got to constantly be pushing towards the renewal of the mind. And once that mind is renewed, you won't have to push so much. You'll be speaking it more than having to labor to get that mindset in place that Christ has given us. But the Word does teach that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Who's got that? Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. Somebody else uh, pull up Mark 1.15. Mark 1.15. And Ephesians 6.11. Let me get that one. So Galatians 3.13. Let's read that one so we can get that. Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. See, there's no redemption if you haven't been there. Christ went there to redeem us from the curse of the law. Now, the curse of the law is when the Lord implemented the law, uh, the Ten Commandments, it, it let us know that we had sin. They didn't know they had sin until the Ten Commandments came. So it provoked the enemy. It provoked sin. It, sin actually came alive to our knowledge when the law came in place. And that was the purpose of the law, to bring it to light, to let us know that we cannot, cannot uphold these laws. We don't have the power to uphold these laws. That's why they kept failing and failing and failing. So Christ redeemed us from the law of sin and death that was brought to light when the Ten Commandments was given. We didn't know we had sin until the commandments was given. Um, <clears throat> so man couldn't understand why he was constantly defeated. Uh, but when the law came, the Ten Commandments had brought it to light why he is in defeat and why he can't do it himself. There has to be a Redeemer. There has to be a sacrifice. And so when the Lord started taking them all through the blood sacrifices, and, and, and it was all pointing towards Jesus. But redeem means to buy back, to pay a debt in full. To pay a debt in full. So see, Christ has already paid the debt of sin, which is death, eternal death. He redeemed us from that. He paid that price. So that redemption has to be applied. You know, you have a lot of Christians say, I'm redeemed of the Lord, but there's no victory in their life. You don't see the fruit of the Christ in them. So to apply that redemption, that's the key. And to apply the redemption, you've got to meditate on the Word. And, and uh, you know, when you learn something, 
you begin to think on it, right? And what you think on, it's going to manifest. So if we're not reading and learning the Word, we're thinking on something else, and it continually manifests, right? Because whatever we think on is what we've learned, and that is what was going to manifest, what we're going to become. So we got to stay in the Word. If you look at this Bible, like if you look at this Bible, like it is the true food for your spirit. You wouldn't want to starve your spirit to death. I'd open up this thing every day in the morning. I'd open up at lunch. In the afternoon, If you, every time you eat, think about your spirit. And open it up and just feed it for 10 minutes. Feed it. It's got to have food. And that's how you apply redemption. Is reading and obeying the word. You have to obey it. Boy, is that hard. That's hard. <laughs> because... But I praise God, it does get easier. It does get easier. You grow in Christ, it does get easier. And the reason it gets easier, because now you know, you experience how this works. So redeem means to buy back. Many Christians believe that, that Jesus paid for all their sin, sickness, and poverty, but they have not appropriated it. And that's what I was just saying. You've got to apply it. You've got to apply it. We got all this redemption in us. But we gotta apply it. Why is that so hard? Come on. Why is it hard? Obstacles to receiving deliverance successfully. Here's obstacles to receiving your deliverance successfully in the mind. And that's in Mark 1:15. And saying. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time has fulfilled. Every time you go to another promotion in Christ, the time has fulfilled. Right? And what's it say? Repent and believe. <laughs> Most of us know how to repent, but you've got to believe with it. They work hand in hand. So the time has fulfilled. You go from a fulfilling time to a fulfilling time to a fulfilling time until there's no time. Days are going by like that. Life's going by like that, right? And you get a sinner out there and he can't wait till the clock says three o'clock or four o'clock and it seems like two days to him, right? I remember those days. I'd look at that clock. Man, when am I going to get out of this place? And now there's not enough time to do everything because you're, you're getting into the spirit realm. Not out of that, you're coming out of that soulish realm. And that's how you know that you're coming out of a t coming in out of time into timelessness. So number one, that was lack of repentance, lack of changing direction, lack of believing keeps you from receiving full deliverance. Number two, lack of desire to be free until you are just fed up with it. Tired of being tired of being tired, right? That's the place you got to get. And, and that's the place that God steps in. We should be fed up with the devil and our condition when we're in that condition to the point of hating it. You get to where you, you hate it. Now the fear of the Lord is in you, right? Because what is the fear of the Lord? They hate evil. 
that's how you know to hate evil. Until we become the point of hating that, it will bind us, and God cannot set us free until we hate evil. Number three, selfishness and the desire for attention. So you got to be very discerning of, is this person really wanting to love them or just attention? Four, not confessing a specific sin. The sin that is not confessed leaves the door open. This is where you really need somebody to question that you can just open up and it's not going to go any further than that person. Number five, part of a bigger battle. Put that down. Part of a bigger battle. Obstacles to successful deliverance. The enemy does not want to let certain people go because they are strategic people. At your fivefold office, every office is strategic because they have to hear from God to, to, to operate in that office. And God is very strategic in what He does. There are a lot of people, you wonder why a lot of people go through hell more than others. Many are called, but few are chosen. But you think if you were chosen, you wouldn't have to go through much hell. No, the chosen ones get, are going to go through hell. Because the enemy is going to bind them up so much to keep them from answering the call. Because they have the strategy in that office to defeat the devil. Called to be future channels of blessings for men. That's what the fivefold offices are for. Be blessings for the many people of the church. Once they are delivered, they will become instruments of salvation for their families and many others because of their testimony and God's great purpose in their life. I just know with my life, and, and um, I was the chief of sinners in my family. I think my dad was bad. I was worse. When God got a hold of me, he went through the whole family. And I know they're saved. At least I know they're saved. Some of them didn't follow through with growing up in that salvation. But I know they're saved. But it went through because they saw a change, a big change. And that's what caused them to believe. It's a testimony. Your life is a testimony. If you can have a testimony and bear that fruit, people are going to be drawn to you. Number six, lack of forgiveness that doesn't happen, nothing is going to work. Nothing will work if there's any unforgiveness. And how do you know that you have unforgiveness? What's the sign? The defenses, right? Or somebody starts talking about the one that you've not forgiven and all these emotions start rising up. That's how you know it hasn't happened. You know, it's, it, you feel it rising up. Well, that's a spirit. Number seven, disbelief and doubt. Some people ask to be delivered, but they do not actually believe they can be delivered. Deliverance is received by faith. That's how it's received. That's why discipleship is good, because it should be building your faith. So disbelief and doubt is a hindrance to successful deliverance. When we say deliverance, now we're talking about people who have influences in their minds that just can't seem to get the victory. It's deliverance we're talking about. 
setting them free from oppression, setting them free from obsession. Number eight, an unholy relationship. Some people who seek deliverance are still attached to illicit relationships, and that prevents them from being delivered. So that's fornication, that's adultery, that's homosexuality. Anything outside of marriage uh, will create a soul tie. Now, was it David and Jonathan had a soul tie, but it was a godly soul tie. It was a healthy soul tie. God appointed Jonathan to David to be by his side to help him. And he was emotionally connected to David, and David was emotionally connected to him. It was a form of ministry. Okay, some obstacles that ministers encounter while they are trying to minister out deliverance. So if you're gonna if you're a minister and you're gonna be ministering out deliverance, <clears throat> these are gonna be the obstacles that you need to be aware of in you. One number one is an unclean vessel. Don't try to deliver someone from something that you're not delivered from. Okay. In other words, make sure none of those spots are in us or any of those defenses going on. Because you have to be clean to go into this kind of stuff. And I'm telling you, God will bless you. He will bless you. My Lord, when you start setting people free, He will bless you. But He wants you to stay blessed. And stay blessed, you've got to make sure that these things, this is your little checklist. Number two, lack of prayer life and time with God. That's an obstacle. So when people come to get delivered and they don't get delivered, you'll know why. It's either a problem with the minister or the problem with the person coming. So we just... We had the checklist for the people. Now this is a checklist for the minister. Spend time with God. When someone had asked me to pray and, and for, for healing for someone, I would, I would say, I'll get back to you in two weeks. It was always two weeks. The Lord had me say two weeks. And I'd stay in worship and prayer every day for that person for two weeks. And the Lord didn't put that person on my mind. Then I wasn't the one to minister out that healing. He had somebody else in now, I really explained that to the people before, so they don't feel rejected by God. I was saying, hey, the Lord said, said I couldn't pray for you. <laughs> How's that going to make you feel? <laughs> I mean, that's, you got to be careful with that because not everybody's for somebody, right? Everybody's called to somebody. Number three, lack of compassion. You've got to identify with their pain, and you've got to support them encourage them, identify with pain. That mercy has to come out and identify with that so that they can feel your love through that compassion. And you're going to be able to minister out and they're going to be able to yield to you even more when they feel your compassion. Number four, lack of relying on the Lord. If the Lord don't do it, it ain't going to get done. If it's not His anointing, it will never happen. I'm going to tell you there's a lot of stuff going on out there that uh, people think they're free and they're not free. They get all kinds of junk on them now. But the Lord, that anointing will break that yoke off of people. So you got to remember when you go into a session, Lord, if you don't help me, I'm going to fail. Every, every Saturday night service, I'm over that conversation, Lord, if you don't help me, I'm going to fail tonight. I need you to help me. Night. I need the Father's help, the Son, and the Holy Spirit tonight. 
Don't let me fail. I'm asking for your help. Number five, forgetting that the cause may be organic. So we got to make sure that we talk to the people that that this may not be a demon problem. It may be or an organic problem where they're just it's the wrong nutrition. It's hormonal stuff going on. Um, a brain disorder, those kind of things are all generational. They're passed down through the blood, but it may not be a demon actually activating and working in their life. So you've got to be very careful uh, to make sure it's a demon or not. And that's why it takes, usually before I go into an, uh, a deliverance session, I'll spend some time with that person. When, I, when, when the Lord had that lady fly down from Ohio, um, I spent almost two weeks with her on the phone every night or every other night speaking the word to her because I wanted her faith to be with my faith I wanted her faith up high but when she came down here she was going to believe with me that it's going to get done so you got to spend some time with them and in that time you're going to the Holy Spirit's going to reveal whether there's a demon involved or not the Spirit knows everything He will reveal this is demonic or this is a uh, uh, a disorder that's happened organic disorder okay did y'all get all those there's five of those where ministers check themselves off before you go into any kind of delivering session things that should be done things that should be not done during deliverance these are things you better not do on a deliverance session don't do these things number one don't pat the person on the back and tell them oh I know how you feel I've been there. You don't want to do that. You're going to stay focused on one thing, and that is for the power of God to move and deliver this person. This Number two, do not cast out demons in one session. Some demons take more than one session. Well, how will I know it's going to take two sessions? You can answer that from the last one. How will I know it's going to take two sessions? When you start feeling tired. The anointing is lifting. Because God knows it's going to take confession, so He'll lift the anointing. And then you'll feel you'll feel like you're working it, exercising it, and you're feeling tired. You start getting tired. So you, you pull back and you schedule another appointment. Number three, do not become a permanent crutch to these people. Teach people to deliver themselves and to depend on God. That's what this ministry is about. If you come to this ministry, um, you know, I'll spend time with you. But my f- main focus is to get you pointed in the right direction towards a relationship with him and depend on him and lean on him. Uh, now, there are times when I'll, I'll meet with people and, you know, as the Lord leads me. But my job in this apostolic office is to get you in relationship with him and keep you there. Keep pushing you in that direction instead of bringing you to me. Because it's not me. It's about Him. You connecting with Him. Keeping that relationship right. Number four. Be cautious about physical contact. Whenever I go into deliver deliverance session, I always have someone with me. If it's a lady I'm delivering, I always have a lady with me in that session. So you don't want to have any any uh, physical contact during that session until the Lord just 
tells you to lay hands on them. It's time to lay hands on them and release that. Number five, do not minister deliverance when you're tired. You, if you're going to a deliverance session and you've had a rough day and that session's been uh, set up for that day, don't go. Cancel it. In fact, before every deliverance session, you should take the day off and spend the time with the Lord that day. Because it's so easy for these spirits to jump on you because they remember they're looking for weakness. Remember that what we studied last time, they're looking for weakness. They're looking for agreement that's in us. We're going to be strong in the Lord. How to minister deliverance. This is how we minister deliverance. You got to keep the following things in mind. When you minister deliverance, how to minister deliverance. Three things. Submit yourself to deliverance first. Keep that in mind. How to minister deliverance. That's the first thing on your mind. It's the thing on your mind the whole time. Deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. How I'm going to minister deliverance. Yielding on the Holy Spirit. And listen, it's very important to get the Word of God in us because you'd be surprised how God will just bring it out of the treasure, the Word of God that's in you. And each scripture is different the way he brings it out for each individual. Because he knows what tool that's going to work. The Word is a tool. Submit yourself to deliverance first. That means make sure that you are free before you start going into the session. I'll give you an example, another testimony. I got lots of testimonies. You know Georgia Regional? Were there in Eisenhower? When I was at Coastal Cathedral? Um, uh, the lady's uh, grandmother was in that Georgia Regional. And um, she wanted me to go in there and cast out the devil from her grandma. And she was possessed with a spirit of fear, trembling fear all the time. So I had a lady from the cathedral. Uh, her name was Georgia Neal. I think it was Georgia Neal. There was two of them that worked with me, that uh, the pastor put with me. Um, and we were at the door fixing to go into Georgia Regional. And I looked at her, and it was Holy Spirit. I didn't know it was Holy Spirit. Uh, and said, look, um, Make sure you are free before we go. That you don't have any alternative desires. Because if when we do this, that spirit's going to come on you. As it goes to the next person. And uh, she looked at me. She said, I can't go in. She didn't tell me why. I had to go in and face something by myself. And um, uh, and the grandmother came out. They brought her out, put her in the break room. They let us have the break room. Let me have the break room. And they had a guard there. Talked for a little while, and I saw it. And I started talking. And, you know, this thing started raising up the fear. You could see it in her eyes. She was praying. And then the Lord ministered to her. And she got out a few days later. But I, when I stepped out of the place, this lady was standing by her car. I said, 
why didn't you bring it? What's the problem? She's been ministering with me for over a year now in different sessions, but not one to this extreme. And um, and she was honest, and she said, my desire's for you. She thought I was her husband. Whoops. And see, I'm so oblivious to all this. I'm so focused on the Lord. One lady said, Gene, they'll have you to the altar, and you won't even know it. Because <laughs> I was so just in love with the Lord, just pursuing the Lord. And uh, But I thank God that she was honest enough to tell me that. Um, so that, that got settled. So make sure you're delivered first. Number two, be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Don't ever go into a deliverance session if you're not full with this Holy Spirit. And, and uh, you know, I give this testimony all the time. The Lord was using me in places like Georgia Regional, and I wasn't praying in tongues. The sign of the infilling of the Spirit is what? Power. Testimony. To be able to minister out the word of power and accuracy. But it was it was over ten years after I got after I got uh, born again that the tongues came. And how it came, it was in, in Neil Bush's church over there. And I was in the in the sound booth singing, watching this guy do the things, and my leg was just changed just like that. I wasn't even, I wasn't desiring it, wasn't looking for it. It just came. So some people, they'll get you to start jabbering, jabber. Start talking, talking, talking. That's not, no, uh-uh. you, you put the wrong kind of spirit in those people. Nobody knows the time but God. And that's how it happened with me. So that's why I can challenge certain mindsets that say that the, the tongues is the, is the evidence. It is not the evidence. It's an evidence. Because if I got successfully cast out devils, successfully healed the sick, successfully done all these things, who did it? Jesus did it. And you can't do it without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you, when the tongues come, it took me to another level in Intimacy. The mysteries. Like when I'm next door before the service, I'm praying in tongues. Pouring out those mysteries. Pouring out those mysteries. And it edifies your spirit. It gets your spirit built up like this so you're ready to, to go after anything at that time. Filled with the Spirit. Make sure you're filled with the Spirit. Number three. Use the weapon God has given you. Ephesians 6.11 Use the weapons God has given you. The Word. Ephesians 6.11 Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So when you, before you go into a deliverance session, you put the helmet of salvation on, the breastplate of righteousness on, you speak it. You speak it. That's how you get it on there. The, uh, the belt of truth. I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I take up the short, sword of the spirit, I mean the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and I pray in the spirit without ceasing. And man, I'm telling you, the devil is scared to death of you. If you if you go through this, what I'm doing, this is how I learned. It will work. It works every time. Okay, those three things: uh, how to minister deliverance, and keep the following in mind: submit yourself to make sure you're free, make sure you're filled with the Spirit, make sure you are using God's Word and His Spirit to do it. All right. 
steps to minister deliverance. Here's some steps to minister out deliverance. I think it's interesting how the Lord has led us led us this way because we've been dealing with spots and we've been dealing with all this kind of stuff and some people actually need deliverance. You know, and you, you're going to have to set up a deliverance session with people and get them freed up. Number one, steps to minister deliverance. Number one, make sure the person is born again. Do not ever try to get somebody free if they're not born again. They must be born again. If they're not born again, you know what your session's about, right? To get them born again. To bring them to Jesus first. Number two, prepare the person. They must desire to be free and be willing to forgive. Put A, B, C, D behind the, this one. All right, number two is prepare the person. A, they must desire to be free. B, be willing to forgive. C, renouncing sin and bad habits, breaking bad habits. D, separate, separate from others with the same sin. Separate from others with the same sin. You, you see how people even in this ministry, when God is trying to separate them from certain people, when the light comes on, they go back to those same people, right? They'll never experience deliverance. God is trying to deliver them from those people so they can experience another level in Him. You can't take the same people where God's taking you. you got a desire for growth, then some people will have to be gone because some people just don't desire to grow. They want to stay where they are. you got that comfort level. Hey, I can deal with my trials. I know my trials going to be over in a couple of days and I might have to go through it again next year. <laughs> Or the next month, but at least I know my problems, right? At least I know what my problems are. That's what I hear them say. At least I know what my problems are, Gene. Wouldn't it be nice to get, just let those problems go and you wouldn't have to remember them anymore or know about them anymore. All right, next one, E. Uh, they should promise to maintain a close relationship with God. They should promise to maintain a close relationship with God, the church assembly, the Bible, prayer, and worship, you got to submit yourself totally to God. And reading the Word, worship, prayer, giving, everything that the Bible tells you to do, do it. Because the devil is hot on your trail. He's going to follow you around and he's going to look for your weakness. Because anytime you pull back from the Word, you're going to get weak. I'm telling you, it's got to be a daily thing. And when you pull back, he's going to be right there. And then uh, how you know he's going to be there? Because now I'm acting like the fool that I was before I came in here. Right? Acting crazy, angry, and all this kind of stuff, fearful. We get away from the word. That's what happened. Number three, compose a questionnaire. Compose a questionnaire for the person. Ask them to answer questions in five or more areas of their life. Always, first, first question I always ask them was how was their relationship with their mom and dad? That's always the first question because that just opens up everything right there. <laughs> it will open up everything. 
because that's going to help you discover the roots, whether it was um, sexual practices, whether it was generational sins, whether it was addictions or spiritual influences like witchcraft and the occult. Sexual practices, generational sins, addictions, spiritual influences. Helps you to discover the roots. So the first question you want to ask, get them to talk about mom and dad. And you'll discover a lot right there. Because even if mom and dad weren't the problem, it's going to be an uncle or an aunt. <laughs> or somebody's going to be the problem in that lineage. All right, how to, how to minister deliverance. You want them to talk. Because if you can get them to talk, the anointing is going to draw out what you need to hear. Because you're going to have to hear something. And you want to have your pad, you're writing down everything. Because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will give you a witness. Boom, better write that down. Boom, better write that down. You know, you get that witness. Those are the things that, that what you write down is going to give you access for the Holy Spirit to do its work and deliver that person. So an example is a person who is sexually abused, these spirits were the, the, these spirits were the influence, lust, adultery, fornication, and sodomy. Those are the kind of spirits that were involved and if someone was sexually abused. So how do I know somebody's been sexually abused? Lots of rejection is on them. That's one sign. Lots of rejection. And that's not always the case. It could be not receiving love from someone you'd expect to receive love from. A mom or a dad, you know, somebody that's really unconditional love. And it turned out to be conditional love. So rejection is a good sign for me. All right, number four, repentance and forgiveness. Steps to minister deliverance. Number four, repentance and forgiveness. Once you have gathered all the information that you've written down, asking the person questions, lead that person to repent and ask the Lord to forgive them. Just lead them into a short prayer. That may not deliver them, but it's opening up the door. Number five, renouncing. Renouncing. That means lead them to renounce each problem and the spirit that's on the list. What list? The list if you're taking notes. When you're meeting with this person, you've got to be taking notes. Because the devil tells on himself all the time. The light causes him to speak. And he'll tell you who's in there. Only how many of you have ever been in a deliverance session? He'll, the, the enemy will tell you who's in there. But that's, take lots of notes in a deliverance session. Because God has given you the keys, the answers through the person. That was A under renouncing. Let's go to B. There's, there's A, B, C, D. B, renouncing is closing the doors and canceling all legal rights over the enemy, over them. So when they renounce, they're canceling all legal right to the enemy and closing those doors 
of how he got in. Because remember, they had to choose the enemy to get in. So however he got in, same way he's got to leave. Keep that in mind. However the enemy got in, same way he's got to leave. The person chose out of ignorance, and the enemy came in. And he has to leave the same way. You have to choose to renounce him. And that door will close. See, when a person sins, they give legal rights to the end to influence their life. So every time you sin, and you know your sin, you're giving the enemy legal right. Now that's a legal right. That's a hard one to break up. But when something is legal, you've got to have a higher authority to break that law. And that's the authority of Jesus Christ. He can break that law. So advise the person not to sin, not to do the same thing after this session. D, have the person repeat after you. And this is just a little four-line prayer that will work. See, as you're taking notes and as you put this in your own words, you're going to build your journal. Okay? And this thing works. This is the proper way to do it. So write this little prayer down. I renounce every spirit of blank. I renounce every spirit of blank. You're having the person repeat this after you. I renounce every spirit of blank, say lust, every spirit of lust operating in my life. And I cast it out in Jesus' name. Somebody turn to Titus 2.12. Titus 2.12. I renounce every spirit of fear in my life, and I cast it out in Jesus' name. Now, the spirit may not have left, but what you're doing, you are weakening his grip. That's what's happening here. You're making him weak. And by the time deliverance is ready, he's going to be so happy to see you because you're the only one that has authority to tell him to go because he's so tormented in that body. Remember, the devil does not like torment. He likes to torment you. But when he's tormented by the light, he's looking for somebody that where's Paul. I need Paul to cast this thing out of me. So the authority casts the devil out of Jesus Christ. Who's got Titus 2.12? Titus 2.12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. So that's what renouncing is, denying. You've got to deny that spirit when it comes on you. Because when that temptation hits your mind, and all of us have been there, and you start thinking about, hey, this might be okay. There might be. I might have some fun here tonight. I love it when Jesus was in, in the wilderness for 40, 40 days. And guess who shows up? Satan. No demon showed up. Satan shows up. So it tells you when you get full of God, who your adversary is really going to be? Satan. Because that's the highest authority of the demonic kingdom, Satan. Highest authority of God's kingdom is Jesus Christ. So when you grow in the Lord, you're growing in 
an adversary at the same power. But you got to know that he has no power unless you give it to him. That's right, and it's true. But if if Satan or Lucifer could be tempted in heaven, come on, how much more could he be tempted here? Isn't that right? So just because you got you're full of God, don't mean you still can't fall. You just got to stay with God. You got to stay. That's going to be your lifestyle. So number six, a prayer of spiritual warfare. Once the person verbally renounces all bondages, put A there under under prayer for spiritual warfare. Once the person announces renounces verbally all bondages, repeating everything the minister has guided them into, then B, then the minister conducts the prayer of spiritual warfare. Casting out every spirit, generational curse, emotional problem, and C, make sure you are in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's going to be firm and the Holy Spirit's going to be Speaking with authority. My voice changes when the authority comes on me. I can I can hear it. I can feel it. When I'm coming against the Spirit, I can feel it. I hold my voice and everything changes. That's the authority of Christ coming forth. And here's a here's an example of a prayer. Heavenly Father. And I'll repeat these. Heavenly Father, I cast out every spirit of rejection. Heavenly Father, I cast out every spirit of rejection. Rejection, just you can put a line under that because it may be something different with that person that you're ministering to. Every spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I cast out every spirit of rejection. I cast out every spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. By the blood of the Lamb, I bind you and cast you out of the life of, name the person. person's name right there. I cast you out of the life of whoever it is. And right now, I order you to let go of this person. See, the devil can't let go of the person. You have to tell him to let go. Because he doesn't have the strength to let go. He's weak. Heavenly Father, I cast out every spirit of rejection and every spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. By the blood of the Lamb, I bind you, I cast you out of the life of, say, Rebecca. Just put a name there. Right now, I order you to let go of this person in Jesus' name. See, if you go through this, this process, you'll be so pumped up, ready, because you know you have the victory. I used to get so excited when somebody would call me and want deliverance or want healing. And it wasn't me getting excited. The Lord would just bubble up in me like this. And I would get so excited about doing this. Because when you're in that kind of session, man, you live, you live, you leave like you're on a high that you've never. That's why the Lord says more blessed to give than receive. Because in receiving is not compared to what He blesses you on the inside with all that joy with all that joy that, that's what it is it's overflowing joy that happened alright how do you know when the spirit has left the person 
This is very important because you could be praying all day and the Spirit probably could have already left. I need a sign, Lord. Show me something. <laughs> this Spirit is gone. These spirits are gone. And these are just some that, that I've seen and experienced. They yawn. They yawn over and over again. And that's how you know the Spirit's wanting to get out. And, and, and I've seen, seen them just yawn after yawn after yawn. And the enemy is trying to get them to not connect. That's what he's trying to do. So, but anything that manifests, it's ready to exit. Okay, because only Jesus can make something what? Manifest. Remember, it's in Ephesians. Ephesians says what? Everything that's made manifest is made manifest by the what? Light. And the light is Jesus. Number two. These are under that heading. How do you know when a spirit leads a person? Vomit. Vomit. Now, I've only had one that vomited. Oh, actually, but the first one was the worst. It was green, slimy. It's like you see on exorcism. I thought that was all made up. It's, it's real. And um, because that one really came out of the guy's belly, he was possessed by a demon. And uh, I don't know what the green slimy vomit, how that's associated with the demonic, but there's something to that. And I don't need to know, but it'd be interesting to, to know why it's like that. But um, And that's how you know. Coughing. You know, my sister-in-law, I love her so much, and she's been through so much getting freed up. But when she first started coming this year, uh, I would meet her in the conference room a few times. It was on youth night. Nettie Joe would be here on youth night. And I would just minister over there. And all of a sudden, she would start coughing uncontrollably. Well, I knew what was going on. But she didn't understand what was going on. I said, you're fine. I'm going to walk out. And I said, enjoy the presence. The presence of the Lord is so strong. And But it shows you how many spirits a person can have. Because she went through several things. And then in the hospital to get that thing that thing came out of her. And she was never, she's now she's free indeed, right? Um, so coughing uncontrollably, coughing uh, in a session is a sign. Sighing is a sign. The devil likes to sigh. That's a sign. Number five, roar. They roar. I had one roar at me. And I explained this before. It was a woman, and she roared with a man's voice. Um, it was in the conference room next door on a Saturday. Just a few years ago. About four, We had the ministry open. I think first or second year we had the ministry open. The lady from Richmond Hill. And um, her husband was in the, in the Army. He was gone all year. And she would run around on him. And she hated it. Because she loved her husband. <laughs> But this curse had her. She hated it. So she sought help. And she came here. I don't know how she got a hold of us, but um, so we set up a session, and um, and Taylor Judge was in that session with me. She's a nurse. And we just went into worship. She was sitting in the chair, went into worship, 
Next thing I heard is a pump pump like that. I looked around and she wasn't in the chair anymore. The devil in her was trying to get out of that room, but she fell back on her back and she was hunched up like this and her eyes kind of rolled back and this, this roar kind of started coming out of her mouth. And, um, and the Lord said, don't touch her. Lord, these are basic instructions, but when you get into a session, the Holy Spirit is really going to navigate this thing. So you really have to be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. And the Lord said, point your finger at him and tell him to come out. Oh, I did. He didn't come out. He spoke. He said, I don't have to come out. This is a, a, a woman talking to a man's voice. So this is a demon speaking because I have agreement with her. And it was a generational curse all the way down to the bloodline. Remember that little play we did up here that time? A person has a generational curse. We had those three other people hold hands. How much stronger that person is towards the curse than someone that doesn't have a generational curse and just dealing with one demon over here. This has got three generations of demons he's dealing with over here. So that was, that's what was coming on her to move her, and it was never satisfying. You will never be satisfied. The devil's never never satisfied. The flesh is never satisfied. So she got delivered. And her husband came home, and and uh, they were both Christians. And he he heard about the story, and he came in here, and he was. They started coming here for a while, sewing into the ministry. And um, nice guy. In fact, he did some of the painting in here because he was off work or off the you know for his army thing. He started working back here to help us. Um, roars with it. Exhale is another one. Exhale. <sighs> Real hard though. Exhale. That's how you know when they're leaving. Okay. A scream. They'll scream. Next one is they'll burp. I'm they'll just start burping, 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 burping. And that's a sign that it's leaving. They'll cry. And that's how you know the Holy Spirit is touched. Your spirit. And they'll they get real emotional and start crying. That's how you know the spirit's left. And the person feels that freedom. Um, last one, they'll become short of breath. And as I said before, that one that the Lord had me in, it blocked his air passages and he couldn't breathe. His face was turning blue. But listen, if you obey what the Lord is telling you, everything is safe. He has everything under control. But if you're not obeying what he's saying in the session, you could mess up, mess up yourself and mess that person up. So I don't want anybody going to those sessions unless you come to me and you tell me what's going on. And the Lord has probably spoken to Jennifer in the inheritance church and say, somebody came to me and wants deliverance. Okay. And I'll kind of mentor her a little bit and, and make sure that everything's ready for that. All right. Those are only some signs. There's other signs. Some of them become violent. Violent, or they want to attack you. I've had some that want to attack me. And um, uh, that's a sign. That rage gets in them, and they just they want to kill you. That's what it is. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he wants to get to the ministers because they're ambassadors for God to destroy Satan's kingdom. But all you have to do is say, shut up and be quiet. They have to obey you. Now listen, 
if they're not obeying you, you better shut down the session because you ain't got no authority in you yet. <laughs> and that thing will jump on you, say, okay, this session's over. <laughs> We're going to try this next month. Let me get where I need to be. That's right. You got to be bold. Never allow demons to control the session. I've had demons wanting to talk about all kinds of things. And you'll be so easily to, to yield that way. Just being, want to be friendly with the person. They're talking about their vacation or they're talking about something that's totally off course from this deliverance session. The whole focus is for them to be delivered and they have to keep that focus. So if they start thinking about anything else, you quickly get things back into alignment. We're not going to talk about that right now. We'll talk about that when you get delivered. Stuff like that. Okay? So, pray, number seven, pray for cleansing. Once the Spirit is left, ask the Lord to cleanse every area of the individual's personality that the spirits have harmed in their body. The spirit can't, the demonic spirits cannot harm your spirit. They can, they can suppress your spirit, make your spirit ineffective. But you pray for a cleansing because these spirits have already done some damage to these functions of the personality. And there's going to be a healing that takes place in those areas. So just because a certain person has been delivered doesn't mean they're healed. That's what you got to understand. A lot of people, oh, I've been delivered of that, but have you been healed? There's been a lot of damage been done while that spirit was in there because he's, he's just not sleeping. He's hiding. And he's doing damage the whole time. So when somebody has cancer, like I always say, when somebody has cancer, some kind of disease is brought to light. Come on, the devil didn't bring that to light. God brought that to light. That's why I thank God for doctors, because he's been doctors to bring it to light. To let us know, hey, this is what's going on in this person. And now Jesus says, now you've got the tool. You're my hands. I'm the chief physician. You're my hands. And you go to work and get this person healed. Example prayer for cleansing. Heavenly Father, I ask you to please cleanse all areas of the mind of this person that were harmed by the enemy. Lord, cleanse these sexual organs by the blood of Jesus as well as his soul in the name of Jesus. Short prayer. These prayers don't have to be long. They just have authority. Yeah. So I'm going to repeat that. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I ask you to please cleanse all areas of the mind of this person that were harmed by the enemy. And Lord, cleanse the sexual organs by the blood of Jesus as well as his soul. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, number eight. Pray for the fullness of the Spirit. Remember, when the Spirit leaves a person, there's going to be a void left behind. Pray for the fullness of the Spirit, number eight. 
that the place needs to be filled with God. Ask the Lord in that session to fill that place with His presence, fill that place with His love, fill that place with His Word. The Word is the standard. Remember when the enemy comes like a flood? The Lord lifts off a standard. The standard is the Word of God. And when that Word is in your mind, it's doing this right here the whole time. And the devil sees that Word resurrected in your mind, and he can't touch it. He cannot enter in because now the mind is occupied with the Word of God. That's the goal. That's why I keep telling everybody, get your mind renewed. Stay in this book. This is what renews the mind. Okay? Uh, Let's see. Um, Sometimes you may have to appropriate physical physical healing in that session. And again, they may, may need more than one session. And you'll know by the Spirit. Because the Lord will lift the anointing off of you. And you'll feel it lift. And you'll know it's time to shut down the session. Schedule another appointment. All right, let me pray. 